Hello, and welcome to another episode of Film Music Friday. I am your host, Aaron Smale. Well, here we are, folks. Episode 10, the season finale. Today on Film Music Friday, I'm going to be talking about something a bit different than in previous episodes. No top 10 or anatomy of a score this time, but rather we'll be exploring film music beyond the film. In all the episodes leading up to this one, I've discussed many pieces of film music, and some scores in depth. One of the things I find so fascinating about them all is that while the films live on in their entirety, the music does also in the form of a soundtrack. It's the only thing from the film, apart from a script perhaps, that lives beyond the confines of a film. The characters stay in that world, the costumes, the scenery, the set, it all stays. But if you think about it by nature, the music isn't actually in the film per se, generally. Rather, it's added after a film is put together. So it makes sense that it may take a life of its own after or alongside the film. Many symphony orchestras around the world put on programs of popular film music, sometimes attracting their biggest crowds. Some will even go so far as to play the music live alongside the film playing on a screen without sound. Popular composers like John Williams, Hans Zimmer, and others will lead orchestras or take part somehow in renditions of music from their films. In a way, because of the somewhat classical nature of film scores, film music has brought symphony orchestras into the lives of millions and millions of people who may not otherwise have had any reason to listen to orchestral music before. Let's listen to some renditions of orchestras performing some popular pieces of film music. This first one is John Williams himself conducting the main title and opening sequence to Star Wars with the Vienna Philharmonic from January 2020. So you can hear how it's, for the most part, the same as how it sounds in the movie. The hall and the players, of course, are different than the original recording, so it's liable to sound a bit different in places. John Williams mainly used and continues to use the symphony orchestra as his base when writing his scores, so much of his catalog can be performed by existing symphony orchestras without adding many specific instruments or effects. Now let's listen to Hans Zimmer's work from Pirates of the Caribbean, performed live in Prague with his own orchestra on tour. (laughs) ¶¶ 
so quite a different feel from the John Williams, as Zimmer employs the use of specific sounding instruments and a lot of unison in the strings to create a somewhat heavy effect. This particular touring production is more like a rock concert of film music, and Zimmer is famous for these kinds of techniques that he uses in his scores. I remember playing Pirates of the Caribbean arrangements in high school band, too. They're lots of fun. The next piece is the theme to Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, played on the piano by composer Ryushi Sakamoto, and the orchestra is the Brussels Philharmonic at the 2016 World Soundtrack Awards concert. Have a listen. So once again we hear a different sounding rendition of the melody from the film, though equally beautiful I must say. The original recording from 1983 uses a lot of electronic synthesizers and other now dated techniques in its composition, and so I find the live orchestra to be very refreshing and a more romantic take on the original melody. So just from these examples we see that film composers have their music performed all over the world fully out of context of the film. The point of such concerts is to evoke the film through the music and celebrate the musical aspect that made the film so wonderful. In a way, the audience is able to relive the film through the music live. I believe this to be the hallmark of a great film score. If you know a movie fairly well, maybe you've seen it more than once, listening to the film's score in chronological order, or how it usually appears on a soundtrack album, will allow you to re-experience the film, ideally. As you listen, you'll see the images of beloved characters, intense scenes, or beautiful landscapes. That is the power of film music. On a more personal note, I enjoy listening to film music in my own life in many situations. Most often when I'm in transit or traveling, but sometimes when I'm just hanging out at home or walking around downtown. If I watch a movie where the score stood out as being particularly interesting or charming, or it's by a composer that I really like, I'll acquire the soundtrack and familiarize myself with it just by virtue of listening. And before you know it, I've listened to it enough that it ends up taking on a whole new meaning for me, in that it happened to be the soundtrack to some passing moment that I'm able to look back on from time to time whenever I hear that same music again. In that spirit, I'm going to share some of my favorite pieces of film music with you, and perhaps a moment when I was listening to it where it was particularly impactful for me. First up, the Theme to Taxi Driver by Bernard Herrmann. 
I remember in the summer before and during my first year of university, I realized I hadn't seen a lot of classic films, films I thought I should watch before I pursue acting in university. One of the films I watched sometime in my first year was Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver, and I remember being so enthralled with the music. The saxophone just had a way of burrowing into your mind as that theme was stuck in my head for a few evenings after I watched the movie. Because at one point we hear that theme at night in the film, it becomes a sort of romanticized soundtrack to a walk downtown at night. It's neither sad nor happy, and neither rushed nor lazy, so for me it makes good walking music, especially in the city after dark. An alternate theme for a similar venture, such as walking at night, would be the love theme from Blade Runner by Vangelis, as it also features a beautiful but simpler melody on a saxophone. Next, A Town with an Ocean View, from Kiki's Delivery Service by Joe Hisaishi. As I mentioned in episode 6, my top 10 animated film scores of all time, I watched Kiki's Delivery Service only last year and loved it of course, but the enchanting music by Joe Hisaishi really sold the film for me. Now this theme's a little more obvious as I happen to live in a town with an ocean view, and I also grew up in a town with an ocean view. So I appreciate the whimsical seaside feel this tune has, and I listen to it from time to time when taking a stroll by the sea or anywhere on a bright and sunny day. It's quite joyful, and it reminds us not to take life too seriously. Next, Fly, from the French film Les Intouchables, by Ludovico Einaudi.
This piece just makes you stop and breathe. As the film is set in France, of course, mainly Paris, I came to merge my own memories of traveling in France with the subconscious memories of the film. I didn't actually listen to this piece while I was in France, but it still takes me back there through the music. If I close my eyes and listen to it, I'm taken in and transported. It's a beautiful feeling, and why shouldn't we allow ourselves to revisit these feelings when we need? Music is so powerful that it can take you somewhere without the music having any direct association with that location. It's fascinating, really. This next piece you may recognize from the last episode. It's Mr. Mustafa from the Grand Budapest Hotel by Alexandre Desplat. I love this piece because it's fantastical and it evokes nostalgia in a way, because while I have never been to the Grand Budapest, given that it doesn't exist, like the character it's named after, it conveys a humble air of sophistication. Again, it merges the memories of the character in the film with my own perception of that character's qualities. I listened to this piece to evoke those feelings myself, I suppose, although I couldn't tell you exactly when. The entire Grand Budapest album is a really great one to listen to when traveling, or either on a road trip, or a bus, or a ferry. I mean, a certain length of time is encouraged, the longer the better. Next is more Alexandre Desplat, two pieces from the soundtrack to Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Again, the entire album is fantastic, but I'm looking at two pieces in particular, the first of which is called The Beach.
I love the simple beauty this piece evokes. To me, it feels like a carefree summer's day. It has its ups and downs, and at points it sounds rather sad. Not that something happened, perhaps, but simply that the day is drawing to a close. I associate these pieces with my most recent trip to New York, as I was staying in a town called Rowayton in nearby Connecticut and would take the train into Manhattan. It's about an hour's ride, so the music ended up being a soundtrack to the passing landscape as I neared the city. The next piece is called The Book. I listened to this piece and amongst many other songs and such while wandering the streets of New York, and this piece in particular was playing as I walked up the steps to the Metropolitan Opera at the Lincoln Center to take in Gershwin's Porgy and Bess, which had been one of the reasons for the trip. Listening to that piece still takes me back to that magical evening, witnessing pure artistry all around. These are just a few of the many times in which music from the movies has been a soundtrack of sorts to moments in my own life. Many of these pieces could be described as reflective, and I think it's because a lot of it has to do with being present. More specifically, it's a fusion of two things. One, of being present in the moments when you're listening to music, with where you are and what's in front of you, etc. And two, presently listening to the music, letting it affect you in that moment. It's a really beautiful exercise for the mind and for your memories. More and more studies are showing that music has the power to bring back memories in people with dementia and Alzheimer's disease, for example, and while music may not bring those memories back permanently, it can bring those people joy for a few precious moments. So I highly recommend figuring out a selection of your favorite film scores and soundtracks to listen to when traveling, when in transit, out for a walk, taking in a sunset, or a sunrise if you're particularly eager. I'm no expert, of course, but I can tell you that it will do wonders for the soul no matter who you are or where you're from. Film music has the power to heal and to be a meditative and reflective property. Be sure to share what film scores and soundtracks you happen to be listening to by tagging at Film Music Friday on Instagram and Twitter or with the hashtag Film Music Friday. I'd love to see what you're listening to. As this is the season finale, I would like to share a cool statistic on Spotify that shows where in the world my listeners are from. Since starting the podcast back in November, I've had listeners from Canada, the UK, Mexico, the Netherlands, Australia, Poland, Belgium, the United States, Italy, France, Austria, South Africa, Finland, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, and Argentina. That's listeners from 17 countries across five continents, and those are just on Spotify. It's pretty amazing, really, and I have to thank all those who have listened in this season, and all those who may continue to listen to season one in the future. That being said, for one final time this season, I'd like to thank all those who listened in, gave me compliments and feedback and such, 
as well as my special guests in Episodes 5 and 8, respectively, Ashley Richter and Eli Meadow Ramraj. It is my sincere hope that over the course of this podcast thus far, I've helped to open your eyes to the beautiful and wonderful world of film music, and I hope that in the future you'll continue to remember to listen to the music, to listen to the composers and the musicians that work on films. Because in the immortal words of Hans Christian Andersen, where words fail, music speaks. With that, I hope you'll all continue to stay safe, stay healthy, and stay well, my friends. This has been Film Music Friday, the podcast, and I am your host, Aaron Smale. Until the next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>